In today's episode of Airbnb with D, we'll be discussing how renting is responsible. I know that sounds crazy, right? In today's time, you have everyone pressuring you to buy and to buy now. So how can renting be responsible? In this episode, we'll evaluate a couple's readiness for home ownership, consider their financial strengths and their debts, and you tell me what they should do next. Stay tuned as we dive in. Let's get into some information. According to the 2020 census, there were about 138.5 million housing units in the United States, of which 86.3 million were owner-occupied and 52.2 million were renter-occupied. So today we're going to be performing a financial assessment on a couple that feels that they need to be homeowners like yesterday. We have Monique and Dante. Monique is an entrepreneur and Dante is in retail. And together they make $93,000 annually. Together they have three children, one grandchild, and are both 47 years old. They have been married for 17 years. The couple has recently been feeling stressed and pressured into home ownership because they know that they could afford a mortgage payment and they truly want to provide their children with the American dream and what they had growing up. They feel like home ownership is the American dream. I think it's important to specify that home ownership is necessary for, and not just home ownership, ownership, I'll expand it. Ownership is necessary for our economy. The financial sector, which includes banking and mortgage-related activities, contributes more of a substantial portion of the U.S. gross domestic product than even agriculture, y'all. So here's the study on it. Finance, insurance, and our country's financial sector has accounted for 8% of the United States' gross domestic product while agriculture has only contributed to one or 2%. So that means that if a mortgage crisis happened, that would be more detrimental for the United States than a food shortage. That's what these numbers mean. So with that, you have to keep in mind that the banks are always going to be telling you to buy and buy now and always pressuring you into something when renting may be more responsible for you. Now, there are various factors on how we can determine if renting is responsible for you. So let's go over this couple's information in particular. Monique has about $400 in savings, $350 in stocks, $8,000 in a 401k, for a total of $8,750 in assets. While Dante has $1,000 in stocks, $500 in savings, so $1,500 in assets. We're talking about people that want to be property owners, okay? So let's let's go over what you have. A total of 10,250 in combined assets. That sounds great. But let's look into their debt. And the reason why I'm glad that we're doing this is because most people review their lives financially or go through a financial assessment for the first time as they are going through property ownership 
pre-qualification. So it's a great idea that you have a handle on it now and what it entails. So let's look at the debt. Monique's debt, she has $7,000 in credit cards, $88,000 in student loans, $27,000 in auto loans, and $1,500 in collections. That's a total of $123,500 in debt obligations. And Dante has $63,000 in student loans, $4,500 in credit cards, $3,800 in collections, for a total debt of $71,300. That's a lot of debt. The thing is, we all have come from different walks of life and made different choices with our lives and our businesses. That's something that happens. But in this next segment, we'll dive into what renting may be more responsible for some than others. So with a combined debt of $194,000, it's safe to say that Monique and Dante have already purchased their home, right? (laughs) With that amount. So this is where renting would be responsible for them. Renting would allow them to allocate their resources toward paying down their existing debts, such as their credit card balances, those student loans, those auto loans, which ultimately lowers their debt to income ratio and positively impacts their credit worthiness. But what's important for me is to demonstrate that renting is not only responsible for those that have challenged credit or high debt situations. A thriving rental market provides equitable housing access to individuals from diverse socioeconomic backgrounds. I don't know if you remember, but I'm 32. So I remember going into certain stores and certain areas and neighborhoods and being one of the only people around that looks like me. I also remember moving into luxury spaces and being the only neighbor that looks like myself and almost like people looking like, how can she afford to live here? How can, what is going on? Or there goes the neighborhood, right? But the reason why people used to say things like that is because before that used to be true. Certain nationalities, certain cultures couldn't afford a certain place. It was never because no one wanted to go. Let's be honest, it was affordability. And we look at it on the gentrification side of it, but what about the culturally diverse side? Renting leads to culturally diverse neighborhoods. So that means that culturally rich exchanges are happening in that neighborhood. There's a certain tolerance that these cultures now have for each other, a certain understanding that the residents have, which ultimately promotes a richer, more inclusive society. Because if you are someone that is living in Atlanta, Georgia, it is so common to see African-Americans everywhere, which is one of the reasons why I love it. And I love being a business owner in Atlanta um, because it's so full of inspiration, motivation, and hope. We don't just have to 
learn from others that don't look like us. Now we have examples from people that look like us, came from our same backgrounds, no trust fund, no this. We're the first millionaires in our family. We're the first college graduates, the first six-figure earners. So it feels great to be amongst that. But if I go in other neighborhoods and other areas, I don't see my same people everywhere, which not only my people, I also don't see other nationalities either. Some of my closest friends are Asian, African. Where would a world without me having direct access to them, what would that look like? I don't even wanna see it because that would be us going back in time. So renting leads to culturally rich neighborhoods. Renting also facilitates job mobility. I don't know if you guys remember back in the day where they were asking, how willing were you to travel? 25%, 50%, what's the percent? We don't see that as an issue anymore because it's more flexible to move. Even if you do own property, you are someone that can rent your property out and then rent someone else's too. So by allowing individuals to move to new cities and new regions seamlessly, career opportunities are no longer a burden. And you don't have to have the burden of selling your home before you move. What does this do? This enhances economic mobility and access to career advancement. Years ago, even if you watch all of the movies, you see that some of the highest paid sales executives, business directors, business executives were ones that were always on the go, always traveling. Every week they're gone, never hardly home. How were they making that possible? They were spending a lot of money before having a lot of rental properties. And good for them, because if they bought these properties years and years and years and years and years ago, they're worth a lot now. But now we're in a new generation and we need that same flexibility. And everyone's not going to purchase a home in every city they go to because homes are no longer $50,000, okay? So the flexibility that we get for being able to move around like how we need to is what ultimately stimulates our economy. And I think the most important for me is the fact that renting enables parents to put their children in neighborhoods that are good for them. Renting enables individuals to allocate more financial resources to their startup businesses. It gives you the flexibility to even Think about what business you want to start to further your family. Parents listening, I need you to realize that this is a crazy study that I had to look up. But did you know that to raise a child from birth to 18, the estimated cost is over $300,000. So new parents, God bless you. Old parents that haven't even had 18-year-olds yet and even old parents that have 18 and older. How did we do it without these extra ways of flexibility? Renting, starting the business, okay? So let's talk about renting done right, because there is a right way and a wrong way. And of course, for me, if you are a listener of the Airbnb with D podcast, you know that I am a fan of using my business for renting, aka corporately leasing. Renting, especially if done under somebody's business, can have several benefits for a person who wants to improve their financial situation. For one, it avoids credit checks. So as you're talking about someone with a high debt to income ratio and even anything in collections, you may also be talking to someone with challenged credit. 
So renting under your business allows you to avoid that pay, that credit check. They'll go based off of your business profile rather than your own. So even if you have a low personal credit score, a history with bankruptcy, foreclosure, or late payments, renting under your business will shield your personal credit from that and it won't have an impact on your approval. The money that you save from renting or while renting, I should say, can always be paid off or you can always use that to pay off your debt. You can improve your credit utilization ratio and you can build an emergency fund finally. You can even build up and save to have the down payment for the property that you've been eyeing. What else can you do? You can also qualify for tax deductions. Renting under a business name can also help a person qualify for tax deductions that are not available to individuals. So we know the age old example. If a person uses part of the rented property for business purposes, such as an office or a storage space, that they can deduct a portion of that rent and utilities as business expenses. You can also deduct any expenses related to maintaining or improving that rented property. So if you're getting your utilities under your business, um, anything you're paying and doing, you know, X, Y, Z, now bills that people pay every day to live are now tax deductible for you because they're under your business. And finally, to close it out, this may be arguable, debatable, but I do feel like renting gives you more access to capital quickly, not just over time. I'm just talking about quickly, like right when you need it. And renting under a business name can also give you more access to capital quickly. You can use the rented property and address as collateral for a business loan or a line of credit, which can provide you with more, even more funds to invest in your business or even your personal projects. After which you can leverage the reputation that you have with your business and your vendors for better terms, better rates, and eventually qualify to purchase property under your business name. So renting can be a smart strategy for anyone. This was mainly because I feel like there is so much pressure around home ownership that it makes one feel, what's the word? I don't know what's the word I wanna use. Maybe discouraged, maybe it makes you feel a little discouraged if you have not yet purchased property. But I think that the overall goal should be purchasing property that resonates with who you are, what you want in your goals. Because if you want to see how purchasing property for your children to come back and visit when they get older panned out, all you need to do is contact any millionaire wholesaler that you know, any drive for dollars guru, any real estate investor online on social media that shows you how to buy fix and flip properties. They're buying those properties from someone that thought that that home was going to stay in their generation for decades, only for it to end up boarded up, roached up, roached out, not up to cold, molded up, and in terrible condition. Do you think if when that person purchased that property, right? Because you think about all you have to do when you get to the closing table. Do you think if, if at that closing table, they would have had a glimpse into even 10 years, 15 years after they purchased that the world would change, the economy would change, and that they would now be having to sell their home for pennies on the dollar. Do you really think that they would have gone through with it? Probably not. 
So this is why financial literacy is more important than purchasing. Again, we went over the snapshot of a couple's accounts, but what's your financial snapshot? When's the last time you did a financial assessment on yourself to see not only your purchase readiness, but even if you're ready to invest in starting a business? There are some of us that do need to go ahead and pay down certain debts before we launch our first Airbnb. And that could be why it hasn't happened yet. Don't beat yourself up for that. In a previous episode, we talked about the illusion of progress. So realizing that renting is responsible and that it could be the most responsible thing for your current circumstance is making sure that you don't fall victim or trapped to the illusion of progress and that you are actually making it. Just make sure that any agreement that you enter in, whether it is to rent or to purchase, that you know exactly why you're doing it, you have a contingency plan and a plan of action going forward to make sure that you scale from the place that you are then 10 years from then. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Airbnb with D, and I will talk to you all in the next episode.